Hi folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. I'm stoked this week to have Jay Cardiello on the show, who's a celebrity trainer and co-star of ABC's My Diet is Better Than Yours. We spent a lot of quality time together filming that show with Don Jackson Blattner, Jay, and myself. We were the originals on that show, the OGs, the ones who didn't get eliminated on the show. So we actually had more than eight weeks together to talk shop. And uh, he's just, Jay is a wealth of information. He works with some of the top names in the business. He's the creator of the No Diet Plan, and his client list includes Jennifer Lopez, Ryan Seacrest, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, as well as teams in the MLB and NFL. He's lived and toured with 50 Cent for four years, and you'll be surprised by how much you and 50 probably have in common. Now, before we get to the show, here's a quick reminder that you can get a huge discount on the best wild meal plans we've ever put together. If you're inspired by Kurt's story on ABC's My Diet is Better Than Yours and you want to get results with the wild diet, check this out. You can get the exact meal plans Kurt used on the ABC show to lose 16 pounds in a week, 57 pounds in seven weeks, and a total of 87 pounds in just 14 weeks. He also dropped an astounding 22 percentage points of body fat with the wild diet, more than doubling the results of a lot of other plans on the show. And now you can try this yourself at home. After years of researching and coaching the most effective, permanent, and healthy principles behind fat loss and body recomposition, we developed the Wild Diet 30-Day Fat Loss Program as well as day-to-day meal plans. Since then, many thousands of fat burners from all corners of the globe have lost 20, 50, even more than 100 pounds with the Wild Diet. And even more importantly, they're getting their health back and they're taking their health into their own hands with real food. Just like I did many years ago when I was on a bunch of prescription meds, I was fat and sick and bloated and running 30 miles a week. I like this a lot better. I want to show you exactly how to do the same thing. So here's what one of our tribe members, Samantha, says about the wild meal plans. My sons, who claim to despise fish, just wolfed down the macadamia cod. I love that recipe too. It's awesome. Here's another one from Blaine. My wife and I have been on the wild diet for one week. After a week, I lost eight pounds, 4% of my body weight. I also lost two inches from my stomach. I'm very pleased with the results. My wife, who was cooking wonderful meals, lost five pounds, 3% of her body weight. Overall, we're feeling healthy. Cassie says, just finished up day three and I cannot get over how delicious these meals are and how great I feel. Started incorporating these practices last week and I'm already down 1.4% body fat and down 10 pounds. Is this real life? Yes, this is real life. And I'm stoked that you guys are getting results Thanks again for writing in. If you guys have any questions, you can always get a hold of me on social media uh, under Fat Burning Man, Fat Burn Man on Twitter, or Abel James, Facebook, Instagram, all over the place. I try to get back to as many of you guys as I possibly can. Uh, And I'm stoked that you guys are getting results, so thanks for for keeping in touch. Here's a little bit more about the Wild Diet 30-day online program with the meal plans. You'll get 30 days of Wild Diet meal plans day-to-day all planned out for you. Uh, in, in, in a way that's different than any other meal plan that I've seen. My wife and I spent so much time and effort making these for you. And uh, I, I'm just stoked that so many people are getting rapid results. You'll also get the exact recipes I gave Kurt during the ABC TV show. So you can enjoy chicken parmesan, chocolate pudding, and even cheesecake while dropping fat. You'll get the facts about how much protein you really need to preserve muscle while losing fat and tons more. And if you grab it today, you'll even get a listener discount. All you have to do is type in from any device fatburningman.com slash 
30 days. That's the number 30, D-A-Y-S. Once again, that's fatburningman.com slash 30 days. You can also check out, if you haven't already, my book, The Wild Diet, which is now a New York Times bestseller anywhere books are sold. Thanks so much for your support. And please don't forget to drop me a line, leave a review, let me know how you're doing. Brian says, I've been doing this for eight months. This is the first plan I've stuck with past four. Part of the success is that with this group, The Wild Diet isn't just a book I bought. It's a living, dynamic journey. Thanks, Brian. We love you, man. All right, on to the show with Jay Cardiello. On today's episode, you will learn how to come back from an injury stronger than you were before, the surprising thing many celebrities like 50 Cent and Jeff have in common, why losing fat with nutrition is more effective than exercise, how to ensure you get quality sleep every single night, and much more. All right, let's go hang out with Jay. All right, folks, I am honored to be here today with Jay Cardiello, who's a celebrity trainer and co-star of ABC's My Diet is Better Than Yours. He's worked with Jennifer Lopez, Ryan Seacrest, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, and teams in the MLB and NFL. He's the former fitness editor at large for Shape, a regular contributor to Men's Fitness, and a member of the advisory board for Muscle and Fitness. Most importantly, Jay's favorite color is definitely yellow. What's up, Jay? (laughs) (laughs) Abel, how are you doing today? (laughs) I'm, I'm awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to have a lot of fun on this show. For people who, who don't know your whole backstory, you're a fascinating guy. You're very intelligent, and there's a lot of science behind what you do. Can you tell folks kind of where you're coming from and also your, your place of struggle? I think your injuries and, and kind of how that, that shifted your whole career it will be fascinating for a lot of the people who are listening. Sure. I'll give you the, uh, the cliff note version because or else we'll spend uh... – all Dana. But first, Abel, before we go into it, I want to just say thank you so much for having me. And also, congratulations. You're a New York bestseller author. I know you won't gloat about it, but I'm so proud. Thanks, Jim. So, Thanks. Uh, congratulations. So first off, I was an athlete, actually, at the University of Arkansas. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the 1996 national championship team as a long jumper. Yeah. I came down wrong in a jump. And uh, people say how unfortunate it was. I say it was a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. I came down wrong, and we know physics, action into the ground goes action out, and I reached too far in practice, and the shock wave went back up into my back and cracked the coccyx, which is your tailbone, almost in half. Mm -hmm. So it was a major fracture, and I had to sit out of school for a couple years, and they put uh, a lot of fusions. There was one at the top end of my spine and the bottom of the spine. So I went through 13 major surgeries to basically put myself back together. So I was technically the uh, bionic man, as you could say. At that point, I started working on not identifying myself as an athlete, but now more as a teacher, but not so much a teacher to others, but a teacher to myself. Because one of the biggest things that you go through is you're all by yourself. You had a title. You were an athlete. And now it's gone. Right. So I started working on the mental aspect. And that brought me into coaching. And I fell in love with it. And I, was at, I transferred to the College of William Mary. And I started working with their track and field team and then many of the uh, NFL prospects and one actually happened to go to the NFL. So while I was working with them, I put out some calls into the NFL and I said, Hey, listen, I love what I'm doing and I'd love to be a part of this. And here's my resume. And lo and behold, one afternoon I got a call from the Tampa Buccaneers to be an apprentice in their strength and conditioning department. So it all spawned from there and spent some time in the NFL, major league baseball, world championship boxing, and did that for about 10 years, more so on the rehabilitation side, working with athletes 
that were recovering from surgery as well as injury, but I also worked a lot on their mental game. And that's where everything came from. And that's what has just, uh, I guess, made me who I am because I understand it's not all about physicality. Mm -hmm. It's really about that mental game. That's 90%. I would say it's 90% psychology and uh, about 10% talent at that level. So pretty much everyone who's been listening to this, especially for a long time, anyone who's interested in health, they know that injury is part of the process. And one of the biggest problems with being healthy is that not many people talk about how to come back from that, right? And like you said, you don't just lose the ability to work out. You lose a whole piece of your identity, especially if you use something like a catastrophic injury like you had. What are some of the things that you do to get especially high performers back into action when they're sidelined with with a horrible injury? Sure, that's a great question. One of the biggest things is that being a former injured athlete, you, you create a natural rapport. And you know, so you go up to these athletes, these world-class athletes, and say, hey, man, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm this, I'm that. Right. And then I say, listen, I've been where you are. What do you know about that? You know, mm-hmm. I, I trained some of the greatest. I've been in positions where I had the opportunity to train some of the greatest athletes in the world. And you say, I said, listen, I, I cracked my tailbone in half. I almost went to the point where I would have been in a wheelchair if I didn't have the right doctors around me. Right. So it automatically has a report them and then a congruency. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, what did you do? You know, now you have, now they're your buddy, now you're your friend. And I said, one of the biggest things I did is I realized that the words that I would say to myself, oh, I'll never do this and get the anger and the depression kicks in. I really had to change. So whenever I'm dealing with an athlete, I work on, and this may sound so eccentric, but words are the most powerful thing. And if you think about it, Abel, like this, you have your buddies and like, man, I never find the right girl. Never die. If you keep on telling yourself, that's what your future holds for you. So I work on the power of words. I have them start using the words like can, will, do, try, be, can't, should, wouldn't, and, and, and possible, like could, are not words that really empower you. Right. So you have to find an empowering position. And what you speak, you'll become. So we really start there. Yeah. Now, what about you know the the actual way that you're moving your body? Because a lot of times you'll be a high performer or whatever. You'll have this terrible injury, and then you come back, and you're not symmetrical anymore. What do you do to make sure that people are still actually being healthy while they're still performing when they come back? Sure. So one of the biggest things I did when I was injured is I worked on you know proprioception training, off balance mm-hmm. training. Whether it's just standing simple, anybody at home, like what I did with Jeff um, Mm -hmm. on the show is I would have him work out on a pillow with one leg Mm -hmm. and just hold it as long as possible. So we work on a lot of unstable surfaces. So to build symmetry within the hip, work on a lot of modality work with flexibility. People overlook the importance of flexibility. They overlook the importance of mobility work. And one of the biggest things, Abel? People overlook, whether you're an athlete or you're not an athlete, recovery. I always say all the magic happens away from the gym. Things like sleep, mm-hmm. one of the most imperative things, it's overlooked. And especially if you're an injured athlete or an injured person, just from sitting in your chair all day, you need to invest in sleep. And that's going to create the balance not only in the mind, but in the body. So everything we work on or everything you work on with your clientele, if they're not planting those seeds in bed where they're getting the rest, mm-hmm going to get that symmetry later in life or on the field and that's cool too right because then you're kind of treating it as a recovery phase and maybe the injury is the thing that got you there but now you're really taking the time to focus in hopefully on your sleep to focus in maybe a little bit more on your nutrition use it as an opportunity maybe you have a little bit more time a little bit more mental energy to make sure that you're 
focusing on the right things holistically that can actually improve your situation so that when you do come back, you come back faster, stronger, and better. And what I'm adding on to that, Abel, I always say injuries are blessings. They really are. Number one is this. You're going to find out your root cause. What I mean by that is if you have a knee injury, it probably is not your knee. It's mm -hmm. probably your hip mm -hmm. and asymmetrical orders, tightness. You don't have full range of motion or, you know, getting uh, big words. Maybe your psoas or hip flexor. Something is too tight. Mm -hmm. So an injury is actually a great thing that can sometimes happen. Yeah, it brings you down and keeps you off the field. But it allows people like me, people like you to focus in, find the root cause. So when they come back, they're solid. And mm -hmm. I think it's a great. It, it's actually sometimes a blessing in disguise. I know it was for me, but um, it really makes a difference in a lot of people's lives that when there is something, you can address not only that, what it is, but what's the root cause. Yeah, exactly. What would you say is a common root cause that a lot of people have that they might not realize? <laughs> there's so many things. If yeah. you were to take everyday person, I would mm -hmm. say this two things that really affect people are hydration and lack of sleep. Yeah. We don't hydrate ourselves enough. People are, you hear, what's the, what do I need to do? What do I need to take? How do I lose weight? Well, mm -hmm. Hey, go to bed. And you're like, what? <laughs> Get quality right. sleep. And you, you know, your hormone levels are going to be more intact. And then also too, drink and just simple thing. Half your body weight in ounces of water a day. When you're in a hydrated state, Forget about working out. You're going to perform better. Right. Your mood quality is going to be better. And then you're going to be enticed more to say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm not going to have this. So sleep and water are going to put your body in such a good state to enjoy a better quality of life. Yeah. And so simple, right? Not necessarily the sexiest things. <laughs> See, that, that's the thing. I'm, I always tell people, sleep and water are not sexy. And I think mm -hmm. they should be. Like, sleep is the new sexy. But we yeah. don't... We, in America, the harder we work, the more the, we think we're more we're going to get. I always right. tell people, the smarter you work, the more you'll get. Yeah. And go in the bed, or if you're so exhausted, don't go to the gym. Make sure you're hydrated and go to bed. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that. And, and I'm sorry to talk off on a tangent, but I really this will really impact your listeners. Yeah. So I worked with 50, and actually I lived with him for four straight years. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I got to get in great shape. I got to do this. I got to do this. I said, okay, let me, I want to, when I live with you, I want to be with you 24 hours a day. So I want to see what you do. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't sleep. He's a workaholic yeah. and he would sleep anywhere from, this is, he was a lot like Jeff and the show. He would sleep three and a half to four hours a night. And I wow. said, Fifth, you're not going to get the results. He's like, yeah, well, how do I get ahead? How do I get ahead? You get ahead by stopping. Mm -hmm. He didn't understand that. So for the first couple of weeks we were together, the only focus on training was making certain that he would get a minimum of six hours mm -hmm. of sleep. Mm -hmm. And he would recover. We'd be able to crank out in the gym. And now, if he doesn't get sleep, he'll just text me first thing in the morning, Jay, I didn't get rest. Uh, you know, we'll catch up later today. Yeah. And it's made the biggest difference in his career, and it's created longevity in his career that he really appreciates that. Very cool. So how do you take someone who's one of those proud non-sleepers turn them into someone who's actually getting the Z's in. You want to know something? I think one of the greatest things that America saw, and I was so thankful, just like you're thankful for working with Kurt, yeah. is that when Jeff and I got together, he, you know, he was working eight hours in, in, during the day, and then he would go to work for another six hours from 9.30 to 3.30 p.m. That was to a.m., 3.30 a.m., right. and right. I said, Jeff, listen, you have a host of chronic conditions associated with obesity, but one of the most important ones that's you're overlooking is sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. So 
what we did is that after, you know, he saw his glucose levels go up and you saw this go up, but after week four or five, he started to get sleep. Mm-hmm. By week six, you saw his mood start to change. Yeah. Now, if you fast forward to week 14, we didn't win. He won life, which was the most imperative thing. We mm-hmm. didn't come in first place. What he gained is the quality of life. And he's a better person. He's jovial. He's happy. He's smiling. His wife has a husband. His, mm-hmm. his kids have a father. And he has a quality of life that, he, that he's always dreamed of. And, he didn't, and it's, just, it's the most simple thing, but it's the most overlooked thing. But that, what's sad about our society is this, is that we live in a microwave society, Abel. Mm-hmm. You know, people want everything now. Well, how do I lose weight now? You don't lose weight now that's going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So go to I, the best thing. I, I think you, we'll collaborate in a book. It's going to have one word. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> right. <laughs> People don't want that. They want, they want to feel like the powder rushing through their body and the nice and making you all flush. People mm-hmm. want that. But in the end all grand scheme of things, it's not what it's all about. Yeah. And, and you know, we've talked about this quite a bit. But the, the balance that you put on things in your life that you know are good for you. Diet or or nutrition, exercise, and sleep. A lot of people, when they want to lose weight, when they want to get results, they go straight to exercise, right? And they might even sacrifice sleep to get exercise. What would you have to say for someone who who might be coming from that position? Well, I would just always say this. Statistically, it's it's shown we all have these things because of New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. Oh, today, the January 1st, I'm starting. And they crush it. By the 15th or 16th, they quit Mm -hmm. because... They crush it on their exercise, and exercise is not the end all be all. And people think it is, but it's really it's yes, it's great for consistency. It's great for improving the quality of life. It's great for bone density. It's great for this. But people have to realize that you can't outrun a bad diet. Mm-hmm. If you want sustainable outcomes, you have to start small and create rituals. Such as how about if you just Instead of drinking soda, switch to a cup of water and yeah. you'll lose weight on the amount of calories. And, and, and as you talk, you're nutrient. You're getting better, better quality. Mm-hmm. So I would really like to see people, not only in the fitness industry, and it's kind of sad because you say, well, no, Jay, you're a trainer. This is ruining your career. It's not. I tell people even before I start, and I'm working with, I've been fortunate enough to work with these amazing entertainers. If you're not sleeping, you're not training. Yeah. And they get mad. And I've had people leave me. Say, Forget, you know, you're not going to get through it. And then what happens? They burn out. Mm-hmm. And I see them and they go through this incredible exhaustion. And then they blame their trainer. And I'm just saying, listen, if you're not getting quality sleep, if you're not getting quality foods, you're not going to get a quality workout. But mm-hmm. I will say it over and over and over again. Exercise is about 1% to 4% of the equation because you think about it, an hour with me mm-hmm. cannot compete against the 23 other hours away from me. Sure. Sorry, I can't. You know. Yeah. So what do you make sure they're doing in the hours away from you? What are some of the things that you're tweaking there? Sure. Well, one of the biggest things is, is the sleep, the sleep component. Mm-hmm. And um, making certain that, you know, that, that thing called the cell phone, you're setting boundaries, you're yep. shutting it off. You know, I always tell people the, the hardest word for America to say is no. You know, mm-hmm. we're a yes society. I'm, I'm a, at times I was a yes person. You got to shut it off. You got to set that boundary. So sleep is most is imperative right there. When I work with high end clients, they all have to get blood tests because there may be things in their body that I don't realize and can't see, but a doctor will. Mm-hmm. And then we implement a program from that. So we work with the blood level. But for the everyday person, it's really this, Abel. You get in your quality of sleep. 
you're improving your nutrition slowly. It's everyone just is, oh, I do this, I'm going to cut this. And then they wonder why they're dying to eat. That's why I always say diets are funny because, you know, in the word diet is diet because you're dying to eat because you went on these crazy things that you're just not absorbing the quality of nutrients. Well, right. you, what you preach, get your quality of nutrients. And everybody should listen to the show for that. Yeah. And then also, too, lastly, to create sustainable outcomes with anything, whether it's diet, whether it's a relationship, you have to practice rituals. I mean, you have to do something every day and you have to change your behavior along with it. And it's, it's kind of practicality. If you, you know, when you deal with alcoholics or people who have drug issues, which is a very unfortunate thing, mm-hmm. what do they do? The first thing when they go to rehab, they meet with their counselors and they set up a behavioral strategy. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that. We need to focus on what we say to ourselves. We need to look around and see who we're hanging out with because we're a product of our environment. So those are the things that I really start to work on. And that may be say like, oh my gosh, that's so much, Jay. But here's the biggest thing. Behavior change creates sustainable outcomes, whether we want to realize it or not. Sleep creates sustainable outcomes. And as you preach it, and as I got in this amazing book right here, it's about its quality of nutrients. That's what makes a difference. And people are like, well, what about exercise? Well, if those three things aren't working, don't work, don't work out. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Now, we've worked out in the same room before, and you're a beast. And you, <laughs> here's one thing that's important, though. I think a lot of people would probably expect that – all these trainers, they're going out and they're hitting cardio all the time. They're exercising all the time or whatever. You're a big fan of bang for your buck, right? So can you talk a little bit about the value of how to do the, not just exercise, but the right kind? Sure. What I do is with exercise, exercise to me is my therapy. It's my mm-hmm. time away. It's my shutting off my phone. It's, it's not, it's, uh, my, my son, you know, calls it dad time. He's only three and a half, but he's like dad time now. You know? <laughs> yeah. You got your it, jams on rocking out my- the whole time. But, you know, whether it's just doing push-ups, whether it's stretching, whether mm-hmm. it's people don't know, I meditate every day, mm-hmm. but whether it's hitting the punching bag, it's just my time where whether I'm in there for five minutes or I'm in there for a half hour, I'm just doing something that pushes my body, pushes my mind, but it's not my end-all, be-all. Yeah. I've gone to the gym, sat down on the locker room bench, got up and left because I was just so exhausted and I just went home yep. and took a nap. So, or I may go to the gym and I stretch. Two things I do every time I go to the gym. Number one is I stretch. Mm-hmm. Number two is I meditate, whether that's for two minutes or five minutes, but I make sure stretching is so important. And here's a quick thing, and it may seem so essential. You never see, <laughs> it's quite funny. My, I learned this from my track coach. He's like, guys, listen, how come a cheetah never pulls up lane or grabs his hamstring when he's running? <laughs> what does he do all day? And this is the truth. Well, he sleeps, coach, you know, in a market. So he sleeps. He's like, all right, great. So he's yeah. getting rest. And then what else do you do? He stretches. Hello. So get your sleep, mm-hmm. get your stretching. And that's what I really do when I focus on my, my exercises. And when I'm in there, I just, I just have fun. It's my time to let go. If you want to have a structured program, great. Mine's pretty not structured. It's how I feel that day and how yeah. I want to push my body. Yeah. So if someone isn't feeling like working out that day, there are different reasons for it, right? Sure, of course. How do you find out it's the right reason to honor it and say, okay, I'm going to go take a nap instead as opposed to just like rewarding lazy behavior? <laughs> well, here, here's one of the biggest things that I always struggle with is how do I sell sweat? How do I sell sweat and pain? Hey, guess yeah. what? You're going to be in pain tomorrow and you're going to be sweating <laughs> now and your makeup's going to run. I mean, come on. let's be real. Sure. But here's one of the biggest battles is that 
there's a difference between being completely exhausted. There's a difference when your body is just shot. You, you can't keep your eyes open. Right. There's a time when your immune system's so shot when you're sick. All right, mm-hmm. you want to know something? Don't go to the gym. Hey, you're going to make everybody else sick. You're going to be miserable. And you could get injured. So right there, that's out the door. Yep. Now, if you're fatigued, which we all are, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're not wanting to go to the gym, which I would say probably 80% of people are, right. you know, like, oh, man, I got to go work out today. Sure. Just get up and move. Just mm-hmm. go for a walk. People think, you know, what you did with Kurt, you walked. People overlook that importance. So I always tell people, listen, you're not going to want to do it. You're not going to want the pain. You're not going to want the sweat. You're not going to just go do it. Because at the end of it, you're going to feel so much better. And that's one of the biggest things is like, listen, it's a barrier in life. And it's sad that America is 70% overweight and obese combined. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, oh, I've got to spend an hour in a gym. No, you don't. you got to get off the couch. And why don't you just walk outside and come back in, change your environment? Mm-hmm. You know, how far is the closest gym to you? You know, how far is, is the... You know, clean eating or healthy food stores. They're not that far, mm-hmm. but we all have these excuses. Mm-hmm. So I would say the best exercise is just to get up and move. Dance while you're getting dressed in the morning. Put Brush your teeth and stand on one leg. Yeah. You know, that's exercise. And that's, that's something that's really served me well over the years, especially traveling. You know that my wife and I have been traveling for about two years now, and it's that, that awesome. idea of micro exercise yeah. right where you just have a couple of minutes here or there and and more than anything else it's uh like you said it's mental exercise you can feel that surge of, of hormones and endorphins that's coming through your body and i've said this before but i'll take you know a, a short burst of exercise in the morning over a shot of espresso any day <laughs> you of know course. like the, the, the feeling that you get from that is just massive and even if it's just a walk that can do it too you know especially i find that Walking at the end of the day, it's something I literally put in my calendar. It's like yeah. you, you have that lull in energy typically, when, that, that lack of mental focus sometimes. If you've been working all day, you're kind of like mentally fatigued. Going out for a walk at the end of the day is one of the best like gifts you can give to yourself. And it doesn't just, you, you might not want to do it right then, right? But as okay. soon as you're out there, it's just the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 you speak so many words of wisdom, and it's, it's the truth. People, think when they think of exercise, I have to age on a gym. You know, your body's your best gym. We just, you know, just don't use that membership. Walking is one of the best things. And it's, we don't utilize it enough. We think we have to join something. We think we have to, you know, buy a DVD or, or, or implement, you know, 45 minutes every day. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. We don't get up and move. And when people start realizing that, you know, or just, as I said, dancing while you're getting dressed in the morning, can really boost how you feel. Yeah. And just to get that going. I hate to say that, but there's never there'll never be a, a magic pill. Never will be. Right. You are your own magic pill. You just have to realize that, you know, exercise does not have to be so structured as we perceived it for all these years. It really can be just an expression of who you are. Dance, swim, jump up and down, shout real loud, you know, just get moving. Yeah. As long as you're doing other things right, like nailing the sleep, nailing the nutrition, getting hydrated. It's actually quite simple. And you can, I think one of the things, especially on the show, right, you, you find yeah. that not only are there different types of people getting together or whatever, whatever between, you know, the contestants where they're coming from and their day-to-day lives, on average, you know, like carrying an extra 100 pounds of weight compared to the trainers and the experts and the coaches, there's actually a difference in culture. 
right? Yeah. And, and in the way, I think when we were filming, we all kind of felt that where a lot of them were coming from this idea that maybe they, they couldn't do it or they tried before to lose weight, but they'd failed. There, I, I was surprised by how they didn't seem to believe that it would work at the beginning, even if they were getting results. And I'm sure you experienced that, right? With Jeff, it's like when you're walking up to the scale or even though you're already 20 pounds down, 40 pounds down, you're losing body fat, you're feeling better, you're off your prescription meds, all of your blood work's great. They're still just like, I don't know if this is working. <laughs> so I think it just proves the point that the mental aspect of all of this is something that you really need to embrace, especially if you want long-term change. So how did you see that develop over the course of time? Well, each week, it's a very interesting thing. And people look at my no diet plan and say, you know, what is it? No diet, plan? Oh, whatever it is. <laughs> Listen, there, there is a diet. It's called life. You just, you just need to eat it up as much as you can. And enjoy <laughs> the body, right? That, that's yeah. what, what the no diet is, but really it addresses the root cause. And that's what it is. And when I said like, it's not about food. People are like, oh, of course, it's all about food. Of course, it's about food. But I yeah. wanted to figure out your why factor, what is going on, what's your environment about, who's right. around right. you that's feeding this negativity. Is it yourself? Was it a past relative that just put you down and now sure. you're suppressing sure. it with food? You know, Ben and Jerry shows up at night for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to think about it that way. You know, Johnny Walker for some people shows up for a reason. They're suppressing things. So each week, what I did is I said, Jeff, we're going to, number one, I had him write his obituary. Mm -hmm. And that was a shocking thing. And he wrote it as if his daughter was reading it. because, And then he saw his, the value of his life. The next week, what, what people didn't see is we did this next. We worked on taming the tongue. What you say is what you become. We use stronger words when he, to empower him when he was speaking. Mm -hmm. Next week, I do a thing called the circle of life, and you basically put yourself in the middle of a paper and draw two circles around it, and you see who you're hanging out with the most, and then you label that person negative or positive. And then you start to realize, wow, there's so many negative people about around me. Mm -hmm. And another thing real quickly is I call it the unlove letter. We've all written love letters, and they get us excited. What I had Jeff do is write an unlove letter, and I had him write it to – the person, whether it's himself, was it a food? He had the choice, and he had 20 minutes to write it. And he wrote it to somebody, and he read it out loud, got into that peak state where he was proud, stood up, read it, and then I had him punch a punching bag. Mm -hmm. And you just saw the emotion just fall and flush. And what I did is I matched colors with it. It's, it's chromotherapy. It's not like I'm you know, pulling it out of the sky. Yeah. You know, green is, is, is blue helps you suppress your appetite. And people are like, oh, well, you can eat fast food off your plate. Well, sure. I was like, well, sure. at least you're eating more, less fast food. <laughs> that's true. But that, that's not what it's about. It, it's portion control. Green is going to help you sleep. You know, maybe lavender you can use. It was just matching his room. That's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Red's an excitable color. So he was creating rituals. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. If you want progression, anybody can change. But if you really want progression, if you want sustainability, you've got to practice rituals. Mm -hmm. And that's all it was for him. So he's still keeping an emotional journal every night. He goes home instead of grabbing, as I said, Ben and Jerry, which is his favorite thing, and the sugar-laden tea and everything. Yeah. He yeah. just says, I can't stand my job. I can't stand it. Then he rips it up and flushes it down the toilet. And I'd rather see him get it out that way than get it out with a spoon. Right. And that's what you see in a lot of cases, people kind of, uh, they give up on the health thing, right? And they might get down on themselves. They take on this, uh, and, and, and Jeff talked about this, Kurt as well, 
they're the fat guy. They're making fun of it. It's self-deprecating <laughs> all the time. You have to get rid of that, though, if you want this to work. And, and what a lot of people fail to realize is that there were problems with success as well, right? I'm sure you've worked with so many different people who have had great success. All of a sudden, they have new problems, like their significant other doesn't understand or doesn't want to eat yeah. that way or doesn't want to do whatever they're doing. They might have extra skin. How do you get people to continue with their positive changes in the face of new problems that inevitably come up? Well, one of the biggest things, uh, Jen wrote a good article. She did a little blog about it. it you know, it, it's getting rid of the labels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said this to Jeff, and we've had this conversation many times about this during the show, is that you're not fat. Mm -hmm. You know, you're calling yourself that. You're putting it out there. And you're listening to what other people are. But once you make – listen, it's like – and this is the same, so eccentric. But once you take a step forward in the race, let's say a marathon, you know, the marathon is shortened at that point. It's, you know, it's not 26 point X amount of miles. It's, mm -hmm. it's shorter. Mm -hmm. So once you take a step away from that label, you're not that label anymore. Right. And right. it's really reconditioning yourself and seeing themselves. And that's one of the biggest things, Abel, with, you know, forget diets and meal plans. Let's talk about – you know, what's really affecting America, like stress and, and talk mm -hmm. about things like alcoholism and all these. When you start working on it, that's not your label anymore. Mm -hmm. You're a work in progress for a better you. And, you know, I, I've had relatives, I've had friends and, you know, well, I suffer from depression. Not if you're working on it. Mm -hmm. Not if you're working on it. You're right now, you're a work in progress for a quality of life. I'm an alcoholic. If you're not, if you're working on it, if you sit on the couch and you put yourself down, yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. Your work in progress to a better quality of life, and that label's got to be that you got to leave that label way back there. And it took t Jeff time to realize that, but now he's like, "Hey, listen, I'm not that anymore." Mm -hmm. And I was so proud of him. And that's one thing, like when he lost, you know, the amount of weight at the end, I was so happy because it wasn't him. Like, yes, you know, he, he lost X amount of weight and right. this and this, and we could have won the competition. It's about like, man. I'm a human being. And that's one of the things they didn't show. If you remember the first time they stepped on the scale, the very first time, yeah. you know, he got on, it was like 359.9 pounds, 360 pounds. And they said, you know, Sean goes, Jay, so what do you think? And I mm -hmm. said, that number does not represent this man. This man before me is a human being. Mm -hmm. He's a father, a husband. Most importantly, he's Jeff Benedict. And, you know, step back. What do you mean by that? That number doesn't represent him anymore. Yeah. He's a work in progress. Yeah. And from that point on, you know, Jeff took him time because it does take time mm -hmm. to disrupt that pattern. We're not that anymore. And that's really what needs to be understood out there. It's not. Yeah. And I think you, you see pretty much everyone on the show as the contestants, they go from the state of believing that things just keep getting worse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To exactly. things just keep getting better. And I think yeah. that's one of the coolest things for everyone to see is that there's there's a light that went off in all of them and they realized that as long as they believed in it that they could make a change and it was working of course and you know you bring up a very that's a very poignant statement you just said and i think you know from kurt from jasmine for everybody out there and the viewers is like this this is life right it's it is not you know <laughs> this is not a competition for them it was life yeah. and you know sometimes it, it's reality to me so you only lost one pound this week. And I was like, so what? <laughs> you, know, you didn't lose any weight. I, you know, to me, it's like if you quit, then you've accepted. Right. 
you know, we forget it's not all about the scale. The scale is a good measure, mm -hmm. but it's not all about that. It's like, how are you feeling? I love it. This is Abe. I love this one. Well, my clothes fit better. I feel better. I'm having a better sex life. My man boobs are gone. Mm -hmm. I can walk faster. I don't breathe this heavy. This, but I don't, didn't lose any weight this week. I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's I'm, the worst. It is. That's what, see, but that's the power of words. It's like, yeah. You say 11 positive statements, and then you have one to nullify. And, and the quickest analogy is this. You have a great day at work. I don't know. You walk around all day in the, in the wilderness. <laughs> you have a great day at work, us city people. You get that promotion. You have, oh, you're cranking. You rocked everything. And then someone cuts you off as right. you're leaving the parking lot. And you pull up next to them. You know, I'm the Jersey, New York. And you look at them. You're going to stare. And for the rest of the day, into the night, you take that negativity. It, it, was, it was like you got cut off. Right. And some people are like, you gained a pound, but everything else is perfect in your whole mm -hmm. weight loss program. I'm just like, come on. Yeah. We really need to focus. Like, and that's when Jeff at the end is like, hey, listen, I lost a pound. I was happy. In the beginning, he was like, oh, this. Right. And then all of a sudden, he was like, cool. No worries. I'm happy. Yeah. Because he saw his children and his wife when he went home proud of him. Mm -hmm. He looked in the mirror for the first time. And I was like, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's not about the number on the scale; it's the number of days you're adding to your life. I, to be quite frankly, in my my opinion, and I talked to someone with the doctor that was on the show. You know, I hate to say this, God, 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 forgive me for saying this, but I don't think he would have been around twelve months. I really don't if he didn't get the show. ABC saved his life. Yeah, now, I think you're right about that, and, and and not just him. There were a number of people on the show who were coming from a very uh, a place that's hard to see on television. Of course, <laughs> you know that, that that doesn't really translate, and you know they, everyone has to realize that they only they, they only show one fiftieth of the things that we filmed, and you know the place that a lot of these these folks were coming from was really it was hard to see and hard to experience at the beginning. I think for all of us when we were coming in, be, because you know that for every one of them or every five contestants, right, it's most of America who are in exactly that same position where. Yeah. Even though they are trying, they've tried to starve themselves. They've tried to do the HCG diet. They've done all these fad diets. They've gotten all the workout programs, yet things just keep getting worse. And one of the, the coolest things that, that you see over the course of time is, you know, everyone on the show did a, did a great job and made wonderful strides with the people that they were working with. Yeah, and you don't always see that translated to television either, but you see people start to believe, every contestant starts to believe that they can get better every day and that it's something that needs to come from them ultimately if they want to have success. It's not just like things are getting bad and I guess I'm just going to give up on the health thing and it's, you know, it's just the way it is. It's like, no, I'm not going to settle for that. I deserve this. I want to be better for my family. I want to be there for a long time. I want, I want my health back and they believe that they can do it. And then you see everyone transform. It's amazing. Of course, of course. And that's a behavioral change. And you know, you, you raise your standards, raise your mindset. And that's where it's all about. And it's not about that scale. Listen, every day do you go to work? I don't know. You live in the wild. So every day you go to work, you know, it's not like you're going to have this awesome day, yeah. you know, but here's the biggest thing. You can have that awesome day. It's based upon the decisions you make. That's all it is. What you decide is, is actually what you're becoming the day before you. Right. So when Jeff learned that, he's like, okay, listen, this isn't the best things thrown on my plate right now, but it's how I, it's either I put myself and react to it mm -hmm. or I don't react. And I just make the situation the best possible 
thing I can. And, and that's what he learned to do. And that's what each one of them learned to do. Listen, yeah. they may gain 10 pounds next week. So what? You want to know them? The mindset is there that they can get back on it and go for it. Mm-hmm. Now, what about, you know, <laughs> we talked about this a lot while we were filming or whatever, but we don't want people to get the wrong idea about the actual exercises that were happening throughout the show, right? So sure. if you take someone who's, like you said, 360 pounds, you probably don't want to be doing some of the things that you saw, right? Like burpees or frog jumps or high impact activity. You, you just want to talk about that for a quick I second. We talked about that a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> you and I would look over a lot like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, go well, on. Well, anyway, so it's it's. I don't want people to watch that show like they watch The Biggest Loser or whatever. They see people exercising all the time, all the time, and really punishing themselves to the point of injury in some cases, or certainly risking injury. And you know, a lot of the philosophy that we share is that that's not necessary, certainly for for losing weight and specifically losing fat, and can in fact be damaging if you overvalue the. No pain, no gain. You have to punish yourself. You have to do all this intense exercise no matter where you're coming from. It can be damaging, and I just don't want people to get the wrong idea. No, it's you know what? If we look back on this, right, and we look back over our show, we do a compare, you know, we, we compare ourselves to whatever. I don't want everyone to do that, but we look just look back at our show. Yeah. Do you remember any injuries that were brought upon by exercises we did? I mean, we had Jasmine trip, but I mean, that, right. that was a class. It was an uneven, you know, but... That, that that was a grasp, but was there something that someone did under the tutelage or work of their trainer that caused injury? No. Right. Because we, for one thing, you know, Dawn is a dietitian. We had a TEDx speaker. We, we forget that, you know. Javanka is a very brilliant woman. Even Carolyn, you know, there was really, you know, tax exercising. People may look at it and say, oh, what is that, you know. The fact of the matter is she was doing a low-impact exercise where you can implement, just like I said, dance while you're getting dressed in the morning. Mm -hmm. We never took chances because it wasn't about exercise. Right. If you want sustainable weight loss, if you want weight loss at all, it has to be your your food has to be your focus. Mm -hmm. And if you want sustainable exercise, you know, the sleep, the hydration, the behavioral change, they have to be your focus. You know, and I'll say this again. 23 hours against one hour in the gym, come on. You can't outrun a bad diet. It's not going to happen. And so people – and I love this, Abel. You probably get a lot. Oh, but you you can eat whatever you want because you'll burn it off when you work out. I'm like, "Uh, no. (laughs) Is that how it works? (laughs) Is that how it works? I'll eat all the bacon I can. You know, hey. (laughs) You know that. I know that. I just really wish everybody would get that. But we've been too programmed too conditioned and we live in a society that's microwavable mm-hmm. that we want the results now mm-hmm. and we applaud people for burning themselves out right so we right. condition ourselves with these crazy programs out there like destroy your body burn this this will be the hardest workout of your life and you'll pass out and you'll get these results i uh, know you won't yeah okay <laughs> no you won't and yeah. uh you know actually the Times just did a really good study. I don't know if you saw it. Like they showed these 40, 40 guys and they put them through these rigorous exercise and they wanted to show who can lose the um, most fat but hold on to the muscle. Mm-hmm. And they went through an intense ex- exercise period, really intense. And at the end, you know, they concluded, I'm leaving a lot out, but it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. Because that exercise isn't sustainable. Just stop me right there, but I'll say this athletes that I deal with, 
they have an end of a season. At the end of the season, they stop and rest. Yeah. You know, people don't realize LeBron James sleeps 10 hours a night, you right. know? <laughs> come on, right? I mean, like, come on. Yeah. We, we put our values and our, and our energies in the wrong places. When you and I and Dawn and, and, and Jennifer and, and Rob, we know where the value is, and it's with yeah. food. Mm-hmm. What are some other surprising things? So like LeBron James sleeping 10 hours a night. What You working up close and personal with professional athletes, with celebrities, with high performers. What are some other surprising things that they're doing? The biggest thing is the mental game. The biggest mm-hmm. thing is the mental game. I'm fortunate. I'm going to be going out to uh, work with the uh, speed skating team, the speed skating team. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I'm going out there for is behavioral. Yeah. And yeah. it's just how you visualize your race, what you feel. We're going to do some mindful meditation. When I was working with the uh, minor leagues and the Cincinnati Reds, we would close the doors and shut off the lights and we'd put a red dot on the screen and we'd work uh, just your eyes. And so they can pick up the curveball, the, how the ball moves yeah. faster. So it was the training that's away from the field of play. Mm-hmm. That is actually the most important. And I'm not talking about being in the, you know, I was a strength and conditioning coach. I'm talking about the mental imagery. I'm talking yeah. about, you know, getting your mind set to not only believe you're the best. Because here's one of the f- funniest things. And again, I go off on major tangents, but here's the thing. We always look at athletes like, you know, the Muhammad Ali's and the Michael Jordan's and now LeBron James. Oh, they're so cocky. No, they're not. They're the best at their game. And yeah. a lot of times, Everybody wants to what? Hate on them and, and mm-hmm. see them fail. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> like Tom Brady. Oh, I don't like the, the Patriots. Yeah. Let's see them fail. They have to continuously talk to themselves like they are the greatest in the world because you want to know something? 99.9% of America or whoever wants to see them fail. Mm-hmm. So they work away from their play, the game of play on I'm great. I can do this. I will do this. Right. I'm going to make this happen. And you just keep on repeating that, and you got to stay in that peak state because think about it. You know, you have to be your greatest cheerleader, and cheerleader. You have to applaud that. And like you said before, one guy cuts you off. No matter if the 12 great things, the best things ever just happened to you, that guy who cut you off somehow ruins your day, right? Or at least that's the temptation of the human monkey brain. Of course, of course. You've studied the brain at Brown. You know, you know what it's all about. You, you, you know, you were the. You mentored me in a lot of stuff on this show, and it was it was really great to speak with you because, you know, I consider myself a major geek and a nerd, and it was nice to see you're not a geek or a nerd, but it was nice to see that you know that conversation that it really is the changing of the mind that really makes the biggest difference in the people's lives. It's like we didn't sit down once and say, "So are you going to go with squats? Or are you going to go with lunges?" Are you, gonna, <laughs> right. you know, it was like, "So you know, what are you going to do? Um, how is he talking to himself? What's his mental game? What's his? What's your focus of the week? What?" What goals have you drawn out? What rituals are you great? That was our shop talk. Yeah. And I really wish, you know, people in the fitness industry saw that because here you are, this bragging again about you, New York bestseller author. And I'm sitting here, I guess, you know, say celebrity trainer or whatever. And, and we're sitting here, we're talking about how passionate we are about the mind, mm-hmm. the hormone levels, the adrenaline levels, how they're changing and this and that. And people, you know, well, what workout you do? Yeah. Workout. You know, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I really wish they would have seen Jeff and I sitting on the couch yeah. saying, I can, I will, I do mm-hmm. say it again. I can, I will, I do put yourself in a peak state. I can, I will, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we read that book, the little engine that could when we're their kids, but we forget about that. when We're 40 years old. Right. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. 
And it feels like the show went so fast, right? Especially when you see it on TV. But knowing all the things that happened behind the scenes, you did some serious work with Jeff. And it was highly mental. It was very much, you could see that his self-talk was changing. Every, every single time we would film or show up for another day, he was a little bit better. And yes, he would still, he was the guy who would always have the outburst or whatever. Whatever was going on, he would be the guy who was saying whatever was on his mind. That's just a part of his personality. But you could tell that he was starting to change and get some incredible results. And that's in many ways responsible for why he looks like a different person at the end. When he walked out or when he jogged out on that field, I'm just like, wow. You know, and you could see it in his face too. And that's, you could see positivity coming back to his life, something that seemed like it was lost a long time ago, right? Of course. Well, here's one of the biggest things. And I'll say, you know, from the very beginning is that he went to bed. But mm-hmm. like, here's the thing, Abel. Stay up every night. Just get three hours of sleep. And I want to see how, A, you eat. Mm-hmm. B, how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to go up to, you know, your wife and be like, hi, hon, how was your day? <laughs> you know? You're going right. to be miserable. You're going to be – you're not you're – not, people don't want to be around you at that right. point. And that was my main focus. And he's like, so we're going to crush it in the workout? I was like, no, you're going to bed. What? Mm-hmm. Go to bed. Yeah. And I, I don't mean that I was like, I don't mean to drop names, Jeff, but 50 and you were like so much alike. Hmm. And he's like, whoa, whoa, we're tough. I was like, no, you don't sleep. Yeah. And I had to focus on that when I first worked out with him, go to bed. Mm-hmm. And it was fortunate that I lived with 50 for four years so I can monitor. That was his roommate where, when he, and how much sleep he was getting and his mood and everything just changed. And if you saw that from Jeff on day one, yeah. forget about the weight loss and Jeff, you know, 14 weeks later, the positivity happened and the behavioral change was was allowed to happen because he went to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to bed. Mm-hmm. And he started talking to himself differently. And oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so powerful. Now, we are coming up on time, but I want to make sure we cover off on this because we have a lot of people uh, who are listening who are performers, travelers, maybe yeah. musicians on tour. And having been on the road for so long, like you were working with 50 cent and kind of like just traveling as, as part of your day-to-day life. What would you recommend for people as it relates to sleep, nutrition, exercise, basically building the right routine, no matter where you are, how do you do that when a world sometimes seems stacked against you? Well, one of the biggest things that write your goals down and make them attractive as possible. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big things. And, and you have, you start creating rituals before you go out on tour. I know, I know you're around some, some big bands yourself and, before you engage in that race around, you know, when you're traveling and stuff, or even if you're on a road trip, parents or whatever, you know, start conditioning your mind early on. Mm-hmm. The biggest things you can do while you're traveling, because the biggest thing is, you know, we, I hear you talk about all the time, like, what do you eat while you're traveling? <laughs> well, okay. Number one, make sure you're hydrated and you'll decrease any sort of, you know, temptation. You, you really do. That's number one. Yeah. And the best thing you can do when you're traveling Another thing, and even with Jeff, I haven't still do to this day, is just switch to your non-dominant hand while you're eating. Mm-hmm. People don't yeah. realize, you know, it takes your brain 15 to 20 minutes to realize you're full. And if, you know, you stop off in that place and, oh, you can't find anything on the menu, nothing is healthy, you know, you're gorging. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I want some more. Mm-hmm. But if you switch the fork over, you're actually going to slow your pace down. And, you know, that's what it, it's all about in life. Slow down. Yeah. And I think we're. Yeah, I make fun of my family a lot. And um, in this thing, when I grew up, you know, I'm Italian, so I, I'm, I'm allowed to do that. Sure. But when 
we sat down to Sunday spaghetti dinner. I mean, it was huge. The, the portion size were huge. And then when I went over to Italy, you know, you get the pasta and it's placed on your plate. You're like, um, what? excuse me. It's a <laughs> restaurant? Yeah, exactly. So they learned it's about quality of life. Mm-hmm. It's about quality of food. And it's about enjoying the quality of people around you. And we don't do that anymore. You know, Jeff and his family was not eating together. Eating with your family these days and eating the same meals out the door. Yeah. So if you're road going if you're road tripping, you're traveling, even if it was like, you know, with the group, even with fifty, I'd say, Fifth, we're gonna eat together every night. Why? Because if you eat alone, you're gonna eat on your bed, watching mm-hmm. TV, you're gonna right. gorge. But if I'm there, TV shut off, phones down, and you and I are gonna have a nice conversation. And then you'll actually slow down your pace and it's a win-win situation. So wherever you are, you know, show up a TV. If you have the opportunity to be with someone, travel with someone, even your family, even a band like yourself or, you know, the Tim McGraw band you travel with or whatever, it's just eat as a group because you can all hold yourself accountable. Make sure you're eating the same meal. Switch to your non-dominant hand if you're alone mm-hmm. and stay hydrated. Yeah. Feast together. I dig it, that. No, it is true. Abel, you, you know, you, you really showed Kurt a lot when you did that whole dessert thing. You know, I knew what you were getting at. You were showing us, you know, hey, listen, I was, I was getting hungry watching the episode, but it was a celebratory time, not only of Kurt, but it was a celebratory time where everybody got together. We don't get together enough anymore. Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, that's I, true. I get home nine, 10 o'clock at night. Now my wife's already asleep. My son's asleep. You know, I'm half awake eating what's left over in the fridge. And it's just like, you know, so we make a point at least once a week, hopefully twice, is that we're instilling that family value that mm-hmm. our son never eats alone. If I'm not there, my wife is there, and they eat together. So we don't do that enough as, as these days, and that, that's it's really hurting. We don't we don't understand like fruit, and kids don't know what an apple is, and or, or asparagus. They don't know what that is because it's gone. Yeah, but it's starting to get a little bit better thanks to you, Jay. So let's um... this book right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, before we go, can you please tell folks where they can find you and what you're working on next, Jay? Sure. People can find me on Facebook, Jay Cardiello. They can have any questions, concerns, whatever you want to do, message me. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Jay Cardiello, or you can go to my website at the letter J, C-A-R-D-I-O.com. And one of the biggest things that I'm working on right now, Evil, is um, – I'm working on a healthcare intervention program, mm-hmm. and what we're doing is we're doing basically pattern disruption. We work with the clinical obese to help slow, stop, and reverse the progression of chronic illness and disease-associated obesity. It's like a – it's 12 weeks. It's not a 12-step process, but we've realized that there is a need for that in healthcare to reduce those healthcare costs, and that's only going to be done by behavior. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jay – such a pleasure working with you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on Fat Burning Man. This has been awesome. Uh, brother, thank you. Anytime, anything for you. Thank you again. Before you go, don't forget to grab your listener discount on our 30-day fat loss plan. In this plan, we share 30 days of mouth-watering wild diet meal plans that are designed to help you drop fat with real food. The meal plans are paleo-friendly, easy to make, and literally the meals that my wife Allison and I eat just about every day and night to stay lean, fit, and happy. In the program, you'll get the most effective method of meal and nutrient timing to best stimulate fat loss and muscle recovery, the truth about how much protein you really need for your body type, 30 days of specific healthy 
fat-burning meal plans as a done-for-you nutrition strategy, and tons more. If you check it out today, you'll even get a listener discount. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. That's the number 30, D-A-Y-S. Once again, that's fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man better yet enter your best email at fatburningman.com sign up for my newsletter and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now. Enter your best email to get your free fat-burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.